0: This is Simply Cyber. in hot this morning. What's up, everybody? It is December 12th. It's a Monday, so we're gonna be hitting the grind hard this week. Welcome to episode number 259 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald and Over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cyber news of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize this at work today? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, it's all about good times. You're going to pick up a lot of terminology. Great people in chat. Say what's up. Welcome to the party. But before we get into it, want to shout out and say thanks to the stream sponsors, my good friends, and you know ge- genuinely appreciate the support. Starting off with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recovering from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Trust that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below or just go to barricadecyber.com. This is their website. If you're watching on the stream with us, you scroll down a half a click. There's Eric Taylor, the CEO and lead uh, incident responder. His calendar, you can get right on his calendar, set up a conversation with him. Basically, hey, what do you guys do? How could you help me? Where's the value add? Oh, I get it. When my business is literally on fire, you come and put the fire out. I like that. I, w- I want some of that. <laughs> so consider Barricade Cyber Solutions. What's up? Uh, Randock gave it with a super chat.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Getting the hype
0: going early, my man. Good to see everybody in here. Hey, Tom. Hey, Cyber Munchkin. Hey, Randock. Tom Bishop, good to see you. Also, I want to say shout out and love to Recon Infosec. Oh, hold on. Sorry, Tupac, we're not, we're not. All right, wanna say what's up? And thanks to Recon Infosec, got a couple new reads here. All right, guys, if you're looking for help to augment your IT or security team with a fantastic managed detection and response service, MDR. That's not hyperbole either, that's legit. Excellent. I encourage you to consider Recon InfoSec, okay? You can see him on the stream right here. Great group of people. Eric Capuano, who's also a SANS instructor, leads, uh, he's the CTO and he leads a lot of what they do over there. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum sec ops or security operations to organizations of any size, Even small businesses, okay? One of the best things about Recon's MDR service is that they provide direct access to Recon's team of experienced SOC analysts, engineers, and architects anytime for any reason. They literally want to be your partner, right? Not just cash your checks. This is on top of the fully managed SIM and SOAR, which gives you full visibility into your own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon SOC team. So like, unlike many of the big kind of commodity MDR providers that offer big promises and little value. Recon MDR takes security-first approach that provides real answers and effective defense. Links in the description below. But they host the Thursday Defensive. They are just really, really um, stalwart pillars in the information security community. They have a, a really good like online presence. Which you you might know, Short Stack Whitney Champion. She's like the lead architect over there. She kind of builds the situation that's going on. Basically, if you need help from an information security perspective, MDR is a good option because it's affordable, typically. And um, and and they're not all created the same, basically. Some MDRs suck, and this one does not. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certs that require CPEs, I, it's the end of the year. I see a lot of people you know, like flipping out on social media about end-of-the-year CPEs. Each episode, like this one, of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so two and a half a week, ten a month. Be sure to document literally the easiest, and I would argue, with anybody, the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. If you're live, love it. I'm gonna be saying what's up to you in just five seconds. So stay tuned. Thanks for being here. If you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay. The live is great, but team replay, you guys, it's it's a great experience as well. Say hashtag team replay in chat. Just make sure you're getting um you're you're basically documenting that you're here that way it's indisputable it's auditable forensically sound evidence with that if you're on replay you want to jump to the news just jump to the news but for me i'm gonna say what's up to my good friends in chat right here what's up bsec what's up haircut fish dan reardon tom bishop good to see you hey carrie m arnold with the squad support team live double day of the year it is 12 12 hey yeah uh... guys i want to remind everybody that um I want to remind everybody that um, it's it's Callan's art, you know, day of the week for his art. He did not get it done because he was at a cookie decorating party. So we'll we'll be missing that later today. But that's that's what that is. Hey, Will Reed. Hey, for those who have interviews this week, for those who took cert exams or have upcoming cert exams, we wish you all the very best. If you have some wins to share, share them in chat. I want to know about them. Chat wants to know about them. What's up, Bill Green? Good to see you, George Strasburger. Hey, Burak Ursoy. good to see you too. Duke Norris in the house, love it. Nathan Boland's in the house. Charles Sapp, good morning to you, Team Re- Team Live. Mm. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Coffee's gotta hit me hard today. I, I, I'm kind of dragging butt here. Well, yeah, take the cookies, Tom Bishop, I love it. All right, guys, there's 117 of us here right now. I'm feeling pretty good. Let's get into the news. Yes, Marcus Silar with the second interview. Winning. Wow. Waiting on the results, putting in eight resumes. Duke Norris, you got this, we got you. Starting training for the Security Blue Team. Adam Frank, good luck with that, sir. CISA on-demand course is pretty good. Good to share, good to share. All right, guys, let's get into the news, but if you have interviews this week, wish you the very best and you've got this, okay? You can crush this. All right, let's get into the news, y'all. It's gonna be a good one today. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Monday, December 12, 2022. Pwn to Own Toronto 2022 nets almost $1 million for 63 zero days. The Zero Day Initiative's Pwn to Own Toronto 2022 hacking competition has ended, and the final numbers for the event are $989,750 awarded. 63 unique zero-days, 66 entries, and 36 different teams representing 14 countries. In a session closure announcement, ZDI stated, quote, the Master of Pwn title came down to the wire, but the team from DevCorps claimed their second title with winnings of $142,500 and 18.5 points. Printers from Lexmark and Canon had the dubious honor of being the subject of three separate exploits.
0: All right, so not going to spend a terrible amount of time on this, although I do want to say shout out to NCC Group, Base Case Works over there. That company is straight crushing it on the regular, and you can see here they came in third place at Pwn to Own, guys. I, this is this story is cool, um, and I'm just going to share a little bit about this. This is one of those. This is like to me a win for our infosec industry. Okay, Pone to Own is a competition that's held. I thought it was annually, but they just said, see you in Miami in February. So I guess they've accelerated how often they do it. So let's just say it's a few times a year now, but pwn to own. Some people asked last week, what does pwn mean? Pwn is a term in the information security industry. That means like you basically compromise and own a box, right? So you'd, you'd hear it in like red team cir- circles or, or penetration testing, right? Like you you compromise a box, someone clicks on a fish and you detonate malware on their machine and you're in, right? You pwned their machine. You pwned the network, whatever. So pwn is that term. Pwn to own, own, and correct me if I'm wrong chat, but originally the contest was, it whatever you compromise, like if you were the first person to uh, get root access on the new Google Pixel phone, part of the contest was you got to keep that device like you got to own it and that was a really cool um feature i don't know if they still do that but that was a really cool kind of element of the contest so you could walk away with real hardware so that's where pwn to own came from this event i love it i guys this is beyond me right i'm not gonna i'm not the kind of guy who like sits down and just reverses the crap out of a piece of tech immediately and finds zero days that's not what i do but that's what these people do and i just love it. You could see they awarded 750 awards, which mean I mean um they awarded a million dollars just about for 63 unique zero days. A zero day is a brand new vulnerability that has like basically the vendor has zero day notice, right? That's why it's called a zero day. There's no patches, there's it's it's a it could be actively exploited and couldn't do anything about it. That's what a zero day is. This is one of the most intense I guess bug bounty competitions. There is, and I just love it. So, uh, just be mindful. pwn to own That's what it is. Um, it's. It's. I almost feel like a lot of people know about it, but it's also still kind of under the radar. Um, but it, it's. It's a really cool event. If you are into security research, if you are like a tinkerer, hacker, reverse engineer, you should either know about pwn to own or
1: you know get involved with Pwn2Own. Very, very cool. I love it. Love it. Love it. Antivirus and EDR solutions tricked into acting as data wipers. A security researcher has found a way to exploit the data deletion capabilities of widely used endpoint detection and response and antivirus software from Microsoft, Sentinel-1, Trend Micro, Avast, and AVG to turn them into data wipers. Safe Breach Researcher, or Yair, came up with the idea to exploit existing security tools on a targeted system to make the attacks more stealthy and remove the need for a threat actor to be a privileged user. Also, abusing EDRs and AVs for data wiping is a good way to bypass security defenses, as the file deletion capabilities of security solutions are expected behavior and would likely be missed. Iran.
0: Li- alright, alright, so... This is really cool. Some of you may or may not know this. I don't really tout it very much, but I am involved with Lima Charlie. They do a podcast, a biweekly podcast, and I contribute to that podcast in a like a 5-minute news. It's it's called the Simply Cyber Report. You may or may not know about it. Anyways, um so I did it yesterday. And I, I read like four or five stories, tried to do some technical stories, get a little bit deeper into the technical nuances. This was one of them. So I don't look ahead at the news stories, but I've already, I'm, I'm well aware of this story already. So I'll give you a little bit more context. This is a very cool um, novel approach. A lot of um, EDR solutions have already been fixed to uh, address this issue, but here's the deal, okay? Very, very simple edr solutions your carbon blacks your sentinel ones right they sit there's an agent that sits on the computer think of like anti-malware right it's sitting on your computer and whenever a new file gets created or a file gets accessed the edr solution very quickly looks at that file and says is this malicious yes or no right and if it's malicious boom it quarantines it maybe it deletes it it has that functionality keeps your surface Clean. This is part of the reason why IT people wah, wah wah Why IT people always complain to infosec people about the agents being performance problems on the box. Like, oh, like you want me to install another agent that's going to suck up system resources? Yes, I do. The reason that you put the agent on the box is so it can constantly look at the machine, which is a completely different topic of. You know, um, like spreading out those agents and everything. But what's important is the functionality to delete a malicious file is there. Now, here's this novel approach, and this is like I love these ideas. This is how hackers hack. Okay, basically, if you if you have a well-known piece of malware like Mimicats, right? Well-known, every EDR solution is going to catch Mimicats, right? You you say, like, let's say we wanna delete run DLL 32, right? Let's just, let, like, we're gonna delete something, okay? Some well-known file. We take Mimikatz and we name it run DLL 32, all right? And we stick it in an attempt directory. The second it hits the box, the second it hits the box, the EDR solution's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. That's Mimikatz. Identified, so it's a two step two-step process. One, is it malicious? Yes. Two, delete it, okay? Without getting into like operating systems and nerd too nerdy, you can hold the file handle, okay? Which means that the EDR solution does not have permission to delete, it waits. It's waiting for the file handle to close, okay? So it's step one, is it malicious? Yes, step two, delete it, okay? But it can't do step two. And this is where the attack is happening. So it says, I'm gonna delete run DLL 32, okay? and then it says i can't delete it so i'm waiting i'm holding i've got a bullet in the chamber and i am ready to fire now here's the here's the trick the researcher deletes the temp directory which eliminates which removes that file and puts a junction or like kind of a soft link to you know the windows directory where run dll32 is and and then the machine reboots Okay, when the machine comes back up, the EDR executes its final step, which is deleting that file. And when it follows the link, it follows it right through the soft link into the windows directory and deletes, you know, the legitimate file. This attack is novel. I mean, it's a data wiper, but it's very specific. It's like surgical, like you're deleting a file. You're not deleting directories or anything like that. But if you delete a critical file, you know, your host, so so that's that's basically how this attack works um and like i said a lot of antivirus edr solutions have been patched already although i will say i think sentinel one was not mentioned as one that got uh patched um so anyways uh yeah you could see here there's a nice little graphic and here's a little soft link so that's what that's what that is that's what the deal is this is how this is working and it got a big a lot of pub so very cool for him uh the security researcher
1: Muddy Water APT launches new campaign. Deep Instinct's threat research team has uncovered a new campaign conducted by the Muddy Water APT, also known as Seedworm, Temp Zagros, and Static Kitten, targeting numerous countries in the Middle East and Central Asia. The campaign, observed by Deep Instinct, started in September and differs from past ones in the use of a new remote administration tool named Synchro. The group used an HTML attachment as a lure and used additional providers for hosting the archives containing the installers of the remote administration tool. HTML attachments are often delivered to the recipients and are not blocked by antivirus and email security solutions.
0: Yeah, okay, so I've actually emulated Muddy Water APT on ThreatGen uh, in the past. Basically, I mean, okay, so... I don't want to invoke the wrath of, of static kitten, AKA muddy water, AKA, um, whatever other name, uh, whatever seedworm, but like it says advanced persistent threat, but they don't really, um, in the world of APTs, I think that they're the less, they're less sophisticated, frankly, right? Like installing a remote access administration tool is not elite zero day stuff. It's, it's like, it's what scammers do. Okay, so anyways, but it it nonetheless it is effective. Muddy Water is an Iranian based APT. They attack mostly, um, as you can see, Middle East and Central and West Asia. So here in the United States, we're a little insulated from a campaign that um, Muddy Water would be doing. But if you are in the Middle East, if you are, um, you know, in UAE or uh, Djibouti or Kuwait or wherever there is plus israel right iran's all up in there iran attacks the crap out of albania google that albania is not happy about what iran's doing iran's not happy about what albania is doing so anyways uh there is some potential for you to be in the crosshairs of this threat actor the The tldr here is that muddy water is using a remote administration tool called Synchro. syncro Synchro. just find the executables for Synchro, find the hashes for Synchro. They're not reversing Synchro and then using it. They're literally just using Synchro the way it's designed. It's the same as like team viewer, log me in, VN, uh, um, not VNC viewer. I mean, that would work, but that's not a commercial grade app. Anyways, long story short, here's a phishing email, download this link. Now I have um remote access to your box. I'm in your network. And then from there I can pivot, move laterally you know escalate privileges on the box itself whatever it is it's uh you know classic carl. carl right just it is what it is okay there's not there's not much here if you're running remote so I, I guess the one thing i will say here the coffee's starting to kick in i suppose y'all the one thing i will say here is that it's very challenging to have your hands around remote administration tools in your environment. If you're running a tight ship, then only approved remote administration tools and typically like one should be allowed in your environment and you can detect and discover other ones, um, you know, operating in your environment, whether it's network traffic going out or whether it's um, EDR looking at executables on each box. It gets tricky though, because certain vendors will require you to install their solution for remote administration, especially with like industrial control systems or operational technology, uh, medical equipment, Uh, the vendor will be like, Oh no, no, no. We like, we use our own custom remote administration tool. (laughs) Right? So that, that can be a pain in the butt and then shadow IT where like Carl again is like, Oh, I'm just going to remote in over the weekend and check the progress of my CAD drawing and doesn't tell anyone that they're running some type of reverse um, administration tool, which kind of sucks. Uh, because it's also difficult to find on network traffic because a lot of times it's encrypted, you know what I mean? So then you're like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do with this? So anyways, long story short, if you're operating in the central Western Asia, Middle East area, make sure you
1: update your, uh, IOCs looking for synchros executable. More than 4,000 Pulse Connect secure hosts exposed and vulnerable. Pulse Connect Secure is a widely deployed SSL VPN solution for remote and mobile users, and as such has been a frequent target of attacks by multiple threat actors. Now, census researchers have discovered that 4,460 Pulse Connect Secure hosts out of more than 30,000 installs are exposed to the internet while lacking security patches. All right, hold on.
0: Um, I, okay, so I'm not... um gonna poo poo this I'm not gonna poo poo this because it's fine but okay okay so here's the story but then here's where like I would poo poo a little bit um naturally me yeah uh I'll explain who Carl is after in a second so census uh researchers find pulse connect secure vulnerable hosts to the internet okay so Pulse Connect Secure, it's some type of VPN solution, probably commercial grade. And there are known vulnerabilities for it, just like anything else, right? You can have vulnerabilities for Apache web server, vulnerabilities for WordPress, vulnerability, 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 like whatever. It's a technology written by humans. So it has flaws and people have discovered them. There's vulnerabilities. Now you can use a solution like Shodan, Shodan.io, right? If you don't know what Shodan is, Definitely wanna learn it because it's it's basically awesome and everybody, everybody in the industry knows about it. So if you don't know about it, welcome to the party. Add this to your bookmarks. This thing is super awesome, okay? So you can use Shoden to look for this, you know, kind of unique fingerprint for these Pulse Connect Secure solutions. And then like literally you just look at the number of results returned and say 4460, okay? So 5,000 results. Right, so so the reason I'm kind of poo-pooing this is because like we, we simply cyber community could, you know, find a vulnerability for Apache web server or OpenSSL three, right? Like the 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 one that just came out. Do a quick search on Shodan, we're gonna get more than zero results, and then publish us something and say like, oh, like security researchers at Simply Cyber discovered sixty-eight thousand vulnerable you know, uh, WordPress sites to the internet. Like, like, you see what I'm saying? Like with all due respect to census, absolutely love you. Mean it. I'm glad they're doing work like this, but, um, we, we, we could do this. Maybe we will do this as like an exercise, right? As an exercise. Um, so anyways, the TLDR here is that go to shoden.io and get some of that too. Um, I, I do want to, uh, show everybody, uh, Carl, um, Aquatine Hunger Force. Okay, so this is Carl. Okay, this is Carl right here. Like, I watched Aquatine Hunger Force coming up as a a college kid. I love Carl, particularly Carl. His his character, he's just like New Jersey to a T, very grumpy, like, just everything about him. So anyway, it's like when I have to pick a end user in the environment. Just to make a name up, I I started saying Carl because I think of Carl here, and now it's just evolved into, he's part of of the Simply Cyber community. I mean, hell, I'm wearing a shirt that says Carl on it right now for that reason. Carl! Good old Carl.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, Fortra. The cybersecurity landscape is full of single solution providers, making it easy for unexpected cyber threats to sneak through the cracks. That's why Fortra is creating a stronger, simpler strategy for protection, one that increases your security maturity while decreasing the operational burden that comes with it. Fortra's integrated, scalable solutions help customers face their toughest challenges with confidence. Learn more at fortra.com. That's F F-O-R-T-R-A O R T R A.com. All right,
0: let's let's get some copyright issues here. <laughs> all righty let me know if the audio is too loud let me know if the audio is too loud for me to speak over all right guys I do want to take a hot minute if you are getting value from the news program please take a second and hit the like button it's it's the best way to say I like what you're doing Jerry thank you for delivering the news and by hitting by hitting the like button like for the YouTube algorithm it'll push it to other information security professionals who are into um, information security and on YouTube and didn't know about this. So it helps us build our community up, which by the way, is wicked awesome. Long story short, please hit the like button. Thank you, Kerry. Thanks, Nathan Bullen. No, so Kenny, The Walking Dead, that is Rick Grimes from Walking Dead saying Carl and the sound effect. But the Carl is, is from akatine Hunger Force. Guys, if you didn't know, many of you, thousands of you, got the newsletter this morning. Every single Monday morning, I send an email out with three actionable pieces of intel. One for your end users, and today's was like literally a copy and paste, like literally all you do is copy what I wrote and paste it into an email and send it out end users, your peers, and your executives. I give you three actionable things that you can do very, very quickly to deliver cyber risk reduction to your organization in a meaningful way. Go to simplycyber.io newsletter if you wanna sign up. Today's already done, so you're not gonna to get today's, but you can get next Monday's. I've been doing it for probably three or four months. A lot of people like it. I, I, I enjoy doing it. I think it delivers value. So get, get it, uh, check it out. If you signed up and you haven't been getting it, check your spam filters. If you're still not getting it, try different emails. Some email security gateways flag it as spam. Not because I'm spamming you, but because it comes from a platform called ConvertKit that allows me to basically send out uh, mass emails, right? I'm not sending it from my personal email account. So yeah, anyways, people people get value from that. Thank you, Robert Moritz, for the newsletter. Nice. Robert, copy and pasted the end user stuff and sent that out. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, Kimberly, good to see you. Right now is when I would show you Callan's artwork of the day. Just imagine that I'm holding a heavily, heavily um, over-dusted gingerbread man, uh, sugar cookie, excuse me, that Callan made yesterday. Lots of frosting, lots of sparkles, lots of sprinkles. He did a fantastic job. Naveed, glad you like the uh, newsletter. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep going here, and then I will... Um, I'll spend a minute. We have a premiere later today um, if you're interested. Let me just do this really quick, and then we'll do the news. Uh, let's do this. Yeah, right here at 9 a.m later today i'm i have a brand new video dropping break into cybersecurity: how to in 2023 someone asked me for the video i made the video it's gonna be good times let's get the la 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 la's. let's get the la la la's i did not eat the gingerbread man i'm actually not a big sweets guy fun fact i don't eat candy or ice cream or cake or anything like that all right let's get some la 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 and then we're gonna boogie back into the news get your la laws on All right, now, check out this buttery smooth transition, y'all.
1: Healthcare organizations warned of royal ransomware attacks. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, is warning healthcare organizations of the threat posed by ongoing royal ransomware attacks. Initially spotted in September 2022, the ransomware family is employed by a financially motivated threat actor that also uses known tools for persistence, credential exfiltration, and lateral movement. Unlike other ransomware families that employ the ransomware as a service business model, Royal is operated by a private group which likely consists of experienced actors from other groups. This group makes ransom demands ranging from $250,000 to $2 million and also steals victims' data to engage in double extortion tactics. After compromising a network, the group deploys specific post-exploitation tools to ensure a persistent foothold and then deploys the royal ransomware to encrypt the victim's data.
0: All right, so new ransomware gang on the scene. Two things to share about this, because I always kind of just crap on ransomware stories because it's like, it's the same thing every day. Um, couple things. One, you may not... Okay, so one like people ask like, how, how, how do these ransomware gangs get their name? Like, why do we call this one Royal? Why do we call it Conti? Why do we call it Loki? Right? So a lot of times, and it's true in this case, the file extension that the malware changes the file names to. So like it's explorer.exe. Jerry.txt, right? Like, you know, like DLLs. Like what whatever the files are, when the when the ransomware runs down and it encrypts, it changes the file extension. Because you can name a file anything you want. You can name a Jerry.txt into Carl. You know, BAP or like you can name it anything you want. It doesn't matter. The the actual code, the actual, you know, compiled code, the the, the hex, the operational codes don't change. It's just a file extension. It's like what the operating system calls the file. It doesn't matter, right? So they change it to in this case, dot royal. So all of your files that aren't operating system, all your files are dot royal or dot Loki or dot lockbit or dot Connie. Right? So this is it's not always the case, but that is a lot of times how the ransomware threat actor group gets its name. Okay. So that's step one. Step two, this one, guys, Conti conti imploded in march of 2022 because of the uh, like russia ukraine conflict and like half of conti was ukrainian half was russian they exploded okay now that like conti's not around anymore royal comes up on the scene has a lot of indicators uh or ttps that are similar to parts of conti the fact that they operate independent instead of ransomware as a service the fact that they are very senior experienced, the double extortion, which was like all up in Conti's business or our evil. Uh, also, it could be our evil as well. Um, long story short, dude, ransomware gangs change, but the humans who are sitting behind the keyboard, like they got a taste of the cashish. Great cash, homie. And they've got a certain set of skills, right? And they can make money with it. So unless you put these people in jail and keep them away from a keyboard, It'll be royal today. It'll be, you know, whatever, Jedi, Star Wars ransomware gang next week, or Disneyland the week after. It doesn't matter. The humans behind the keyboard are going to keep doing it because there's lots of money to be made in it and very little risk, right? These guys aren't being held accountable or being brought to justice, really. I mean, there's been some examples, but for the most part, not really. So, watch out for this. You know, protect your... Dude, hide hide your wife, hide your kids, right? Like, like you've just got to practice best practice defense in depth. You know, it's you're not supposed to be, you shouldn't be protecting from like royal ransomware. You should be implementing a cyber defense strategy that um has resiliency built in allows you to continue to operate if you get hit with ransomware stops ransomware and it's tracks before it detonates fully edr solutions mdr zero trust privileged access management there's like end user awareness training like you have to do it all okay that's all i got to say about that
1: say to expand facial recognition across america America's Transport Security Administration has been testing facial recognition software in 16 airports to automatically screen passengers flying across the country. It is now looking into rolling it out nationwide next year. Flyers will be able to pass through security checkpoints by scanning a copy of government-issued ID, such as a driver's license stored on their mobile phones, and standing in front of a camera system. The equipment will snap a live photo of their face and check whether it matches with the one captured on their ID it aims to reduce security screening wait times by automating the process so tsa agents do not need to manu- manually check the initial pilot program tested the credential authentication technology 2 or cat 2 system
0: all right couple things casually joseph from uh, barricade cyber said in chat that uh some of the th- ransomware groups get their name from what they call themselves in their um ransom note essentially also an option um So, uh, okay. All right. I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, a lot, I mean, uh, okay. So this is one of those ones where, again, like, if you think about it in a very compartmentalized way, okay, like this will speed up going through security at airports, right? It says optional. So like you can You can opt out of it. So there's like the illusion of continuing to have privacy. But hey, for wicked wicked easy, you can move right through. Uh, Obviously, the the risk here is that it gets expanded into um, other uses. There's obviously a database somewhere with your face in it tied to your account. Um, So now, yeah, like, okay, so Jerry flew from... Charleston to Washington DC on December 15th. Yeah. no, Okay. Like you'd be able to find that anyways, because of like, you know, credit card transactions or, you know, hooking into like American airlines, uh, passenger manifest. So you're like, Jerry, there's no privacy here. Yeah. Like that's not what we're talking about. It's when you move it into like what they're doing in <laughs> China, where Like you're walking down the street and, or you, like you join a protest or you go to a abortion clinic, right? Or you go to a, um, uh, some, like some type of like political, uh, rally, right? And now your face gets pinged and you're identified as being affiliated or aligned or having interest or whatever with whatever the thing is that you're at, right? And now people are making judgment calls. Like it turns into a very, it, it it's a, it's a tool of authoritative regimes to handle and control their populations. Again, I'm not being, people will say this in chat, um, in comments, I'm sure I'll read it later. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is where we're going. I'm just saying the reason people have concerns, that's part of the reason is because, it's 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 an erosion, or it can be weaponized for erosion of privacy and and systematic population control. Okay, so anyways, I'm sure this is going to be met with a lot of consternation from uh, privacy advocates. You know, honest, I'll probably I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably use it for expediency, but you just have to be careful, right? You've got to you've got to. Be careful.
1: Australia's Telstra suffers privacy breach. Australia's largest telecoms firm, Telstra Corp, said on Sunday that 132,000 customers were impacted by an internal error that led to disclosure of customer details. Telstra, which has 18.8 million customer accounts, equivalent to three-quarters of Australia's population, said an internal review found the details were made publicly available due to a, quote, misalignment of databases, end quote. Telstra Chief Financial Officer Michael Ackland said in a statement that no cyber activity was involved.
0: Okay, a couple... (laughs) What the hell is a misalignment of databases? That's That's a new one to me. Also... LOL that the the person in charge said that there was no cyber activity. Yeah. No kidding. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm sure what that spokesperson was trying to say was that it was not a cyber attack by, um, you know, criminal threat actor. But when you say there was no cyber activity, what I hear is yes, you didn't have uh change control or configuration management or checks and balances. Yes, you weren't doing proper cyber hygiene, Telstra, because you had a misalignment of databases. Okay. Now, two things to point out here. One, misconfigurations can happen. Okay, guys, like engineers make mistakes. Carl, Carl Carl can make a mistake. It happens, right? We've seen it uh, brilliantly with uh, last last uh, spring, if you remember, Facebook like updated BGP routing tables by accident and brought Facebook down for a minute. Um, like Crap happens sometimes. It doesn't always mean that you are under cyber attack. So they got this sorted out, but it still resulted in an 18 million record um, or 132,000 customers impact. I thought I saw 18 million somewhere in here. Oh, they have 18 million customer accounts. Um, so 18 million customer accounts, and they only had 132 thousand records impacted. is pretty pretty good, right? If you do the percentage. Now, one thing I want to point out, Australia, you guys have been getting punched in the mouth a lot lately. Sorry uh, for you, oy oy oy. But I really, honestly believe that the reason that the person, the PR person, said no cyber activity was involved is because Australia just passed a law, like two weeks ago, that. Will fine businesses for suffering cyber breaches, right? If, you, if you've if you been with the daily cyber threat briefing for a while, you may recall it was just a couple of weeks ago. Australia got hit in the mouth, like, uh, like the Meet Medi Medibank, like a huge healthcare provider in Australia, got breached and lost a bunch of data, like Optus or something, like one of their phone companies got hit and lost a bunch of data, right? So, the Australian government like flipped out and they're like, first of all, we're gonna hack back everyone. I'm gonna hack you, I'm gonna hack you. Get your Drop some Oprah emotes. It's like, you get a hack, you get hacked, right? Like Australia was gonna go ham on anyone that hacked them, all right? So there was that. And then two, from a legislative perspective, they passed uh, a law very quickly. I've never seen a law get passed this quick, uh, where they're gonna basically uh, in impart in, in punitive financial damages to businesses that suffer breaches on... Um, Australian citizens' data. So by these guys saying, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa," this wasn't cyber. I honestly believe it is a calculated, deliberate decision to say that in order to avoid being the first example of this new regulation with financial penalties. So, anyways, you know who knew Australia? You guys are getting, getting, you guys are having some issues, bruh.
1: Last week in ransomware. Last week, Rackspace suffered a massive outage on their hosted Microsoft Exchange environments, preventing customers from accessing their emails. On Tuesday, they finally confirmed that a ransomware attack had caused the outage. An attack against New Zealand MSP Mercury IT has led to a series of outages for its customers, many of which are local governments in the country. There was also a ransomware attack on the André Mignot teaching hospital in Paris that led to significant disruptions, (laughs) causing some patients to be rerouted to other hospitals. And Brian Krebs has a very interesting report on new tactics used by the Venus and Klopp ransomware gangs to breach networks and convince victims to pay. The idea of where... All
0: right, so let's see what Krebs... All right, so this week in ransomware, um, Bleeping Computer does this every Monday. Uh, It's basically, or at the end of the week, you can see this is from December 9th. It's basically a rehash of the major ransomware stories. It's good to know they do this every single week. If you're looking for recent case study, guys, you can find a ransomware story every single day. It sucks. It's sad, but you can find one every single day, but they do a little roundup here. So if you're trying to get budget for you know security technologies or just for your cyber program, uh, you can always use these kind of roundups to find a story that would resonate with your industry, with your vertical, with your geographical region. Um, so don't sleep on that. These are some major ones. Rackspace was down. It sucked. Um, that, that mercury it MSP went down and then this, uh, teaching hospital. So, and as we mentioned earlier, the Royal gang is targeting healthcare, especially in the United States, which kind of stinks. Uh, so I already kind of had like my little mini flip out meltdown around, cybersecurity best practices, defense in depth, having a program, having a framework, maturing it, focusing on high risk reduction, low hanging fruit controls, right? Like security awareness, MFA, MDR. We talk about recon, infosex, MDR. Like you should have these type of things in place. You're not trying to protect from a specific ransomware threat actor. You're trying to protect from the attack type of ransomware. Okay. It's, it's that and business email compromise are the two most expensive, commonly occurring cyber attacks that are happening right now. Now story also mentioned Krebs. I'm going to drop this link in chat. Brian Krebs is a cybersecurity investigative journalist. He's been around for like ever. I, if you haven't heard of Brian Krebs and you're in information security, consider yourself indoctrinated. He does great work. And he is a he's a recognized reputable investigative journalist in our circle, uh, so definitely read him, you know, bookmark him or whatever you want to say. It's KrebsOnSecurity.com, and he's saying he's got this new ransom payment schemes target executives in telemedicine. I'm gonna read this. He's talking about the Venus and Klopp gang. Clop, uh, you you I don't know anything about Venus, but Klopp is the one that was in the news recently for hitting that. Um, Staffordshire water facility over in the UK. Um, So whatever their newest techniques are, uh, you should be well-versed in them, again, because you're trying to protect from a defense in-depth perspective. Okay, so let's drop some music. I just want to say it's 8.45 exactly on the dot. So for those who are trying to keep me honest, base case, I always try to keep it 45 minutes because he runs a uh, group meeting to consume this uh we are right there want to say thanks to everybody who joined the stream today if you were here just for the news thank you for being here um that'll do it for the news today so see you later if you're uh hanging out for a few minutes i always do love uh having a little bit with the chat afterwards i saw 181 we're at 191 196 officially that's just on simply cybers channels i do push out to jack scott's outpost gray linkedin um Twitch and Twitter, which I don't think there's a lot of uh, representation from Twitch and Twitter, but those numbers don't even account for that. So we're we're well over 200 people. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you all for uh, being here. We'll be doing it again tomorrow at 8am. I just want to share some some uh, ongoing stuff with you guys in 14 minutes. This video right here will be dropping live on the channel. I'm going to put a link in chat. Uh, it's a premiere, which basically means it kind of looks like a, uh, a live stream, but um, it's it's a produced video. I will be in chat, John with y'all, talking about whatever best practices. If you're looking to break into the industry in 2023, I, I recommend checking this video. It lays out a five-step process, which is really cool. But after each step, I give you resources that you can go take advantage of. Look, look right here. Um, Oh, I didn't put it in the show description. I will put it in the show description afterwards. I made a mistake. That should be in there. Um, I'll do that. Okay. But there's resources on what you want to do. Also want to remind everybody. Holla, holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. Later today. Guys, 4 p.m. 7 hours from now. I will be playing World uh, Haiku Pro. It's like um, a cyber range. Kind of like try hack me-ish. Right, it's got its own flavor and vibes. I will be playing this live on stream. I hope you can join me, Jenny Housley. If you're in chat, um, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm um not looking. Um, I'm I'm hearing that I look blurry, but to me, I look crispy. So I'm not sure. But Jenny Housley, please be there. She always she always hooks it hooks it up for me, uh, and I genuinely appreciate that. All right, guys. So we've got this a produced video in. Couple minutes, and then the live stream at 4 p.m. later today. Thank you, everybody. Sorry, I'm blurry. If I'm blurry, I don't know why it's blurry. It is what it is. It looks crispy on my end. I've got five bars of service. I'm pushing. Yeah, 10 out of 10 on internet connections. Someone, someone hit the uh, the someone hit the speed button on the internet. Is it? If you're hey, just to age myself. Someone hit the turbo button on the 486SX, right? If you're if you're really old like me, computers the Hewlett-Packards back in the day used to have a turbo button. No, I'm not kidding you. It it, it was like for overclocking, but like who who would not be having the turbo button on? Like you're like, "Oh, I think I'm just going to kind of have my computer operate at like slower speed today." And then like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to write this word document." turbo button, right? It's so funny, the turbo button. It's so stupid. Um, All right, Joel Belton, good to see you. Hey, Jeff Witala, Thanks for the squad support. Jenny Housley, thank you for being there. <laughs> all turbo all the time. Hey, Jim Wales. Hey, Jared Pierpoint, 32-bit. Jerry, that's right. That had, uh, I want to say it was a 256 megabyte hard drive and like maybe 30. It, it, the RAM was like under I mean, way under a gig. Like, I can't even remember how, how it was bad. Thanks, Tom Bishop, for the kind words. Thanks, Naturally Me. Appreciate it, enjoy the vacation. Live from Hawaii, dang. Love it, love it, love it. I got up early for the stream, and I genuinely appreciate that. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Thanks, Eric Hildebrandt. You have a great day too. Mardini, my man. Carl needs a turbo button, yeah. Four megs of RAM. that sounds right. Bill Green. I, I, I really feel like I had eight megs of RAM, but it's it's you know, my memory might play tricks on me. Tom Bishop, yeah, Finfrock. Oh, I remember pinball, uh, solitaire, right? Like the the look of the solitaire when you finish, it would like like kind of melt the screen or whatever. Or like like I don't know how to explain it, but it would like smear the screen. That was always a good one. Um Let's see. Eight sounds right. Yeah, that's right, Alana. Good to see you, Alana. Hey, Tom Hathcote. Chinadu, Minesweeper. Always a good one. Always a good one. Like, yeah, Cascading. Thank you, Tom Bishop. You always had the, um, like, the like, the fancy thing was that you could change the back of the cards, right? Like, different, <laughs> different decks, I guess you'd call it. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Taekwon. Ask a question. I, I, I'm on here for a few more minutes because I'm gonna I'm gonna be hanging out until this video drops. Thank you, Jared Pierpoint. My pleasure, man. Cascade of cards. That's right, Marcus. Good to see you, Marcus. Justin Loken, Taekwon Gong. What's the question? Where's the Tetris? Love. I don't remember Tetris being on my uh, Hewlett Packard. Right? Remember, guys, the Gateway and the cow was like a thing. Yeah, loved it. Here, let's actually... Thank you, Dan Catlitch. Naturally, me wants to expose middle and high school girls to cyber. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know Haiku, the company I work for right now, is working with uh, the Girl Scouts of America to develop a cybersecurity badge for for, uh, the Girl Scouts, which is pretty cool elite gunslinger has an MDR question what MDR do you think is the best on the market today well I mean I'd be hard-pressed to not mention recon infosec since they're an MDR service um what I will say is as far as MDR goes this is what you should be thinking of uh if you're gonna get MDR okay so MDR is managed detection and response service and the reason you would hire an MDR service is because you have budget constraints, you have a business, typically you're a smaller, medium-sized business, and you need freaking help, and you can't get budget from the CFO to really, like, it, it, it is a tall ask to hire multiple security engineers and put the tech stack in place, like a SIM, logging, Sysmon, agents, aggregated, like tuning all that crap, it's a lot of work. And an MDR service basically is an easy button you can hit that allows you to scale up wicked fast for for money and not have to deal with all that stuff. Now, that's why MDR is actually a really great option. The problem in the market is that MDR is so lucrative for MDR businesses that um, sometimes they don't deliver the value that you would want. So here, like, let's just pretend for a second, you're at Joel Belton's ice cream shop, you're really good at scooping ice cream, and you're a little concerned about Ransomware. So you hire an MDR service, you have all the computers at the ice cream shop sending logs and stuff to your MDR. Now, here's where it becomes different. If you have a kind of commodity based MDR service provider, if they see something like, oh, this looks weird, or this looks malicious, or we caught Mimikatz on an endpoint, right? What they'll do is the crappy ones will just send you a notification, hey, we saw this alert on this box, right? Or, hey, here's your weekly thing. We, we had, you know, 200 of these kind of uh, detections. That doesn't really add value to you because you're still having to stop, go investigate these things, right? The whole reason you want to hire an MDR service is to scale up your team and be able to respond to in, um, issues in a timely fashion. And when they're just throwing emails over the fence to you saying, blah, 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 then you're you're kind of screwed. What you actually want, and like I'll just say, Recon InfoSec. From I haven't worked with them from an MDR perspective, but everything I've heard, this is what they do. Um, Expel is another one that's like kind of a big one, um, but they do this as well because people in the community work at Expel, and I've talked to them. They will actually get the issues. And then you'll set up, obviously, in advance, you set up like what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. But if they see ransomware detonating, they'll get on and quarantine. They'll do an investigation on the box. They'll get it back in into like good working order and notify you, hey, there was this issue, this issue, this issue. Another good MDR service, like so if you're shopping MDR, another good MDR service will um, help you tighten your environment up, right? Because if if they help you um like put better controls in place, notify you of where you have gaps in your controls, it actually makes it easier for them because they have less things to respond to because your your organization is tighter. If they don't help you tighten your controls up, then you're just like a sieve leaking water and they're doing all sorts of like responding, right? So it's 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 actually um incentivizing to them to want you to be tighter so make sure that they do that i will tell you black hills information security has an active SOC uh, service and uh recon infosec does the SOC. i think barricade cyber solutions also does mdr services i'm not 100 uh, percent sure but um that's what you should be looking for and that's what you should uh ask about when you're doing it also how much does it cost uh and the final thing i'll say is you should definitely put in place a mechanism for you to bail out on the MDR. Cause a lot of these guys will sa- sign you up for like a three year contract. And then you get in there month three and you're like, this service sucks. And then they're like, sorry, brah. Like see you in three years for renewal. And you're like, you suck. And then you get like an early termination financial penalty. You don't want to deal with that. Okay. That's what I would do with the MDR. Um, people are talking MDR in here. Thanks Bobin. I-, I like start my way this way too. May want to look at Red Canary as well. I didn't know Red Canary did MDR. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Arctic Wolf does as well. Yeah, Arctic Wolf is one of those. Tai Gwan Kong asked his question. Uh, let me Google. I mean, Google. Is hacking a repetitive action or something different always? All right, so I would argue that hacking is repetitive, okay? And this is kind of the complaint of... Uh, penetration testers and red teamers, right? Yeah, you can do novel stuff, right? Like pwn to own, you can find zero days, you can do that. But from my experience, I'm not like a hacker, but from my experience from what I've seen Taekwon, what typically happens is a lot of businesses have the same problems. So you start getting repetitive because you keep finding the same things. If you do bug bounties, web application, pen testing, you typically get good at looking for certain ones of the OWASP. Uh, 10 issues, right? So like, let's say you're really good at finding SQL injection, or you really lean into cross site scripting, what ends up happening is, that's what you're looking for. And you get really good at it. But it becomes repetitive. So that a lot of pen testers, red teamers will complain about writing reports, and kind of the repetitiveness of the work that they do, and wanting to do more interesting novel hacking. So that's what I would say about that. There's opportunity to do that. But if you're trying to pay the bills, um, y- it might be a little repetitive. All right. So the other video is starting soon. Let's check it out. All right. Premieres in 60 seconds, guys. That's going to do it for the stream. I'll see you over in the uh, the video over here. Let me drop a share in here. I'm getting a spam call on my phone right now. I'll send that right to voicemail. see you later. All right, guys, hope to see you uh, later today at this stream or at 4 p.m. for the World of Haiku stream or tomorrow at 8 a.m. if you're just here for the news. Take care, everybody. See you on the other side here in a minute.